coming up on Philosophy Talk. The president does believe that, and he continues to maintain that belief based on studies and evidence that people have presented to him. Everyone believes some false things. You probably can't help it. So have the belief that get you what you want. As I said, I think the president has believed that for a while based on studies and information he has. Would you rather your beliefs were true but lacking evidence? Or false but held with good reason? Come on, I bet you have 50 useful false beliefs a day and 50 useless true beliefs a day. Is it possible to believe something but not care if it's true or false? It's a belief he maintains. What is the goal of belief? To make you feel better, to make you more successful, or to trap the truth? Our guest is Ray Briggs from Stanford University. Should beliefs aim at truth? Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Should your beliefs aim at truth? Or should you just believe whatever makes your life better? But could false beliefs ever make your life better? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything except your intelligence. I'm Ken Taylor. And I'm Josh Landy, sitting in for John Perry, who's taking a well-deserved break. We're here at the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus, where Ken teaches philosophy, and I teach complet and co-direct the initiative in literature and philosophy. So Josh, you've been our guest on the show a lot of times, five, six, four, five, I don't know. But how does it feel to be on the other side of the mic, so to speak? A little bit terrifying, to be honest with you, but, but, but exciting. But mostly terrified. Oh come on, I've never seen you terrified. Yeah. I don't believe it. You're gonna do. You're gonna do famously. So today we're asking: Should beliefs aim at truth? Well, yeah, sure, Ken. Sometimes, but sometimes <laughs> it's better to get it wrong. Oh come on, Josh. You're kidding, right? No, 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 no. Uh, look, say you're about to compete in a race, and you look over, and in the lane next to you is Usain Bolt. But you say to yourself, you know what? I, I can take that guy. I can win this race. <laughs> you mean like I'm like completely deluded, right? Well, okay, you know, in, in a way, yeah, it might seem a bit silly to believe you're going to beat Usain Bolt, but but believing that's going to make you run faster than you would have otherwise. I, I don't know, Josh. I, I don't think I buy that. Why not? Well, I think there may be something going on in your example, but I think it has to do with feeling confident and not believing falsehoods. Lacking confidence makes you feel nervous and distracted. When you feel confident, you're focused, you're determined. Confident people don't self-sabotage. That's what's going on there. Maybe. All right, but take a different example. I, I, I bet it makes you happy to know that your friends like you. Well, yes, of course. That's what friends are for. Okay, well, okay. Now suppose that your friends secretly despised you. Oh, Would you want to know that? Gosh, Josh, that's a, that's a depressing thought. Uh, that's my point. Now, sometimes the truth just isn't worth knowing if it's just going to depress you. Well, but jeepers, if it really were the case that my so-called friends <laughs> secretly despise me, I, I, I would want to know that, no matter how depressing it might be. Why, why would you want to know a thing like that? Well, because it's the truth, Josh. Okay, but why is the truth the most important thing? Be, well, because otherwise you'd be living a lie, walking around in a state of delusion and confusion. Well, okay, so maybe you don't want to live a lie. Fair enough. But isn't a little deception sometimes a good thing? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. Look, Josh, believing something... Is taking it to be true. I mean, that means truth is very part of the. Uh, it's it's tied up with the very nature of belief. Uh, try try saying, "I believe I'm in the studio 
but it's not true. That doesn't even make sense. Maybe not to you philosophers, but hey, to us ordinary folk, the point of having beliefs is to make our lives better. You know, it's to, it's to help us achieve our goals. I mean, why think that always facing up to the truth is going to be the best way to do that? Well, come on. I want a cup of coffee. There's a cup of coffee to my right. I believe it's to my left. I reach to the left. Ooh. No coffee. If I don't have true beliefs, I'm going to take misguided action. I'm going to have a lot of frustrated desires. Well, maybe that holds for coffee cups. But, but let's get back to the example of the race. Surely winning is a desire you have. You want to you win the race, right? But you're just going to have a better chance of winning if you believe you're a better athlete than you actually are. Well, even if I were to grant that, I think it's just a lucky accident. I mean, believing falsehoods, surely you're not saying that believing false things is a reliable way to get what you want in life. I mean, mostly you need a realistic picture of what you need to do, what actions you need to take if you're going to succeed in getting what you want on the basis of what you believe. I mean, sure, maybe you'll get lucky once in a while. It's a shot in the dark, but it's not a reliable thing. Yeah, but surely... Too much reality isn't a good thing either. I mean, if I only believe true things, I, I don't even know if I'd get out of bed in the morning. I think I'd be too depressed. Well, Jeff, but look, Jeff, suppose you're staring the truth in the face, and it would be more comforting to believe something false. I, I, I don't think I can make myself do it, no matter how hard I try. The truth just grabs you sometimes. I think you philosophers need to read more Shakespeare. <laughs> One of his sonnets begins, When my love swears that she is made of truth, I do believe her, though I know she lies. Oh, you literary guys, you just got way too much tolerance for this contradictory belief stuff, man. Well, before we get too deep into the question of how beliefs should work, maybe we ought to figure out how they do work. We sent our roving philosophical reporter, Liza Veal, to ask a scientist, how do beliefs form in the brain? She files this report. What are some of the first beliefs you form as a child? Big is important, small is not. Up is more, down is less. Light is good, dark is evil. Cognitive linguist George Lakoff says each of these come from the physical experience of having a body in the world. Take this one. Cold is mean and warm is affectionate. You're held by your parents affectionately. You're held against their bodies. You feel their temperature. Warmth. So what you have is temperature, warmth, and affection activated over and over and over again. Until warm means affectionate. Lakoff calls these kinds of beliefs metaphors. There are thousands of unconscious metaphorical thoughts that we have and metaphors that we use to understand the world. And more is up, less is down. A repeated physical experience gives us our understanding of an abstract concept. For example, scary things happen when you can't see, so evil is linked to darkness. Over time, our experience gives us more complex and less universal beliefs, and hopefully we come up with a better definition of evil. Lakoff argues that even complicated things like politics originate in our experience of our household as children. If we're raised in what he calls a strict father home, conservative politics will make more sense to us. If we're raised in a nurturing parent home, progressive politics will be more consistent with our worldview. That doesn't mean you don't rebel against it. It doesn't mean you don't have peer pressure from the outside. It doesn't mean you don't have other reasons not to do it. So it's not 100% predictable, but it has a major influence. We connect things that our experience tells us go together, like rules equals security, compromise equals losing, creating circuits that make up a network, a worldview. Circuits that fire a lot get stronger. Well, when they become part of your everyday life, 
they're firing all the time, <laughs> constantly. And they're firing in such a way that they fit together. And it's easier to notice and remember the things that fit together easily. Some psychologists call this confirmation bias. Lakoff goes further. He says it's almost impossible to incorporate ideas that don't already use the building blocks of our worldview. Ideas don't float in the air. Uh, they're in your neural circuitry. You can't have any ideas without your brain doing it. Imagine hundreds of thousands of springs holding each other together in an intricate structure. And you say, okay, can I change this spring while keeping it connected? No. <laughs> you know, it's going to move this other spring. The other spring will move against it. These other guys will try to reinforce it. You might be thinking, but I learn new ideas all the time. Well, Lakoff says you might consciously comprehend something, but beliefs are deeper. They're the ideas you don't even know you have, the springs. And unfortunately, they're what really motivate the way you act. Most decisions are made before you know you've made them. And then you rationalize them afterwards. So what happens when you're confronted with something that's inconsistent with your worldview? You've got five options. You can not notice it. All this time, that's what I've been missing. You can ignore it. Not listening. Not listening. You can unconsciously, your, your brain can change it to fit. He couldn't have. Of course it could. You can ridicule it. That's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. Or you can attack it if you find it threatening. It's pretty clear. You're the puppet. You may be searching for truth in this world, but your brain just wants stability and coherence. But put all those brains on the planet together, and it turns out coherence is the farthest thing from what we've got. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Liza Veal. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.